Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to Wish I'd Known Them podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week on the show, we have us. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk about developing story ideas. We have the best guest ever. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, we're going to talk about how we develop story ideas, uh, what we wish we'd known about story ideas, um, what we just wish we, just story in general, you know, Mm -hmm. so I, I hope it'll be helpful. I hope people will like it. So. Yeah, it's one of those topics that's very, um, it's hard to define. Mm-hmm. So we will do our best to describe how we come up with ideas and yeah. develop them into And then a what novel. we do after we have an idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because exactly. yeah. the, the ideas are a dime a dozen. That uh, is not, not that I got, hard. I got a million ideas. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. So what have you been doing this week? Uh, well, <laughs> y'all are going to think I'm just crazy, but... Um, Nothing, you know, I, w- I got home from vacation. I thought, oh, I have another week until my uh, editor sends back my, you know, stuff. So I was going to do some admin stuff and just look, you know, kind of piddle around. And then I remembered on Tuesday that I had just sort of sent bare bones sex scenes. Pardon the pun. I don't know. Um, and... <laughs> Anyway, I needed to punch those up and I had said I was going to. So I had to do that. And then I still have an epilogue to write. And I just, well, before we started recording, I was like, I don't have an idea. And so Sarah gave me an idea. So hopefully um, I can turn that idea into an epilogue. So we'll uh, develop that bad boy yes, right out. That's right. <laughs> gosh that's right so that's about it that's about all I've been doing how about you okay so last time we talked for an introduction we I did I said hey I'm getting back to writing yeah I'm just enjoying it so much so I just have a really short thing to say writing is hard I'm over the honeymoon period I'm like oh my goodness I forgot this is hard but that's okay it just takes a while and it's um for me, it's like, I really have to get in there and, and I feel best if I do a draft and then I get in there and I work on it and make it better before I move on. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it has to be kind of in shape. Mm-hmm. And so that just takes a while. Yeah. So, but yeah. I have words down and it's going That's fine, That's but great. it's are just you, slow. Are you, are you writing or are you dictating again? <laughs> I'm doing dictation, but then I go in and I edit it right. before I, before I go on because I feel like it's not really solid until you know I kind of gotten in there and worked on it so yeah. it's like I have a, a big old mess when I get get it transcribed mm-hmm. and then I go in and clean that up and that's when I do a lot of my it's really like a first kind of a first and second pass because I kind of clean right. up and then I go back and I'll refine it and I'll add some emotion right. and mm-hmm. so why don't you I'm sure people are curious uh, how do you do your dictation Oh, I have dragon dictation. I have a little handheld recorder Mm -hmm. and I usually, I have to think about what I want to talk about. Usually I know I'm going to do one scene and I know how it's going to go. I have like the general idea of the scene. And then I just sit down and I 
talk for maybe 20, 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of stops and starts and pauses and new line. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I'll think of something and I'll say, oh, insert this. And I'll say whatever it was that needs to go up at the beginning of the scene or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I transcribe it and get it in. Just usually I'd put it in notepad Mm -hmm. and work on it. And then when I get it pretty good, I copy it and paste it into Scrivener. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you know, I'll work on it again as I go through the drafts, but it just gives me a super rough first draft and it helps me get all that stuff out of my head onto the paper. How many words can you get in about 20 or 30 minutes? It depends. It depends if I'm, if I really know where the scene's going and I'm talking really fast, you know, it can be two or 3000 words, but Mm -hmm. most of the time it's like a thousand, fifteen hundred. Still, so, that's great. That's great. Yeah, and I feel like I have a lot of it for me. The first draft is hard because I feel like I know what I want to say, but mm-hmm. in like the longer I'm in the main, the longer amount of writing time I have, right? I'm really slow at the beginning, but then once I get into it, I can go faster. So I feel like that kind of helps me get to that stage where I've got all the words, and I just have to rearrange and right. refine and figure out what people are doing with their hands and. Mm-hmm. stop them nodding and all that stuff, you know, as I go back through it. Mm-hmm. Yes. I know that. I know that <laughs> feeling. Um, but I think that's encouraging or it should be encouraging because you guys, she's not, she's not dictating perfectly. Like, Oh no. You know, and I think that a lot of people think, well, I can't dictate because I can't make it perfect or I, I don't, you know, I stop and I, you can fix it. You can fix it yeah. all. Uh, Campbell is awake. If you guys hear him in the background, my grandson. So I'm going to close this door a little better and yeah. maybe hear him. Yeah. The other thing on dictation is that it's just, it's rough. And a lot of times I'll think of something and I'll go, oh, this would be a better way to say it. Mm-hmm. And I just say new line and just keep going yeah. because, you know, I can just go back out and delete a whole line. So at first I was like trying to do the, mm-hmm. the commands where you go back and Right. Say delete this and insert this. And Mm -hmm. that just, I I was not good at that. So, and it felt so awkward in Mm -hmm. the beginning. It still feels awkward Mm -hmm. to me. I still, it's very odd because I feel weird doing dictation, but Mm -hmm. then I think I'm going to send this book out into the world. So if somebody overhears me, it's okay. It's It's very strange though. It took me a long time to get used to it. I still don't feel comfortable with it, but, but you don't, you don't do dictation, right? You've tried it, but no, I tried really work. it. No, but I was trying to be perfect. So I'm thinking I might mm-hmm. go back. That's one thing I really admire about you, Sarah. You just mm-hmm. you just try things and then you sort of modify them to make them work for you. Like when you when you narrated your your nonfiction book, mm-hmm. you just kind of did it. It wasn't you didn't have a perfect studio set up. I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> But you just did it. And I, yeah. I think that a lot of people get stuck at the, yeah. oh, but I can't do it this way. Kind yeah. Of thing. I'm not. Yeah. And I, I do have some perfectionist tendencies. Mm-hmm. So, but I am dogged. I just keep yeah. going. Right. <laughs> so, but thank you. That makes You're me welcome. feel good. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about developing story ideas. Okay. What so. has triggered story ideas for you? Sarah. Okay. Well, most, I was thinking about this and most of the time it's uh, a lot of times it's a place, a location, mm-hmm. a setting. Mm-hmm. And I'll just, a lot of times like travel has inspired the stories I want to write. 
And so that kind of gets me going and thinking about something. And a lot of my books are very linked to the place. Mm-hmm. And like the stories come from the setting, like the English mm-hmm. Village series. That is all because I traveled to England. I was like, I want to set a book here. Mm-hmm. So that, and then other times it's been, one time I read an article about this couple. It was back in when uh, the economic downturn happened, I think in 2008. Mm-hmm. I read an article about a couple that they had to divorce, but they couldn't sell their house. So they had to live in their house together. Mm-hmm. And they had divided the house into two different sections and they had like a her side and his side. And I just mm-hmm. thought that was interesting. And I was like, maybe I could use that. So I use that in my on the run series. That's how that was like the background of the couple mm-hmm. then. And, you know, kind of, I just, thought that was an interesting situation. It's very interesting. Yeah. 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 And, um, historical stuff. A lot of times now when I'm reading something, I'll be like, oh, that, you know, something that really happened or a person that really existed, mm-hmm. I'll take it and kind of put my own spin on it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all kinds of different things. Mm-hmm. And used to, from the news, I would get a lot of stuff, not so much now that I'm doing more historical. Right. So, right. Yeah. What about you? Um, mine are mostly people, um, People trigger things like mm-hmm. I've been at football games and seen just a random good looking guy standing on the sideline and he just is off by himself. And I'm like, what's his story? And then I'll start making up a story. And, <laughs> or, I mean, I do that a lot, <laughs> a lot. It's, it, it's annoying to my husband because I will, he'll lose me for a little while. Cause I'm just like, in that or at a restaurant i'll overhear a conversation because i'm a big eavesdropper i mean what's the point of going me too to eat if you're not going to eavesdrop uh really i just want to say you know karen and bob could you speak a little louder <laughs> i'm getting older and it's harder to hear um <laughs> that's the purpose of a boost right yes, so you can exactly. hear people better <laughs> Yeah. Um, I hate it. Now they got the plexiglass that really, really cramps my style. Um, (laughs) it's not a good style, but, um, yeah. So mostly it's people though. Like I just, I just get characters in my head. Um, and I think what, what do I want to do? You know, like, what do I want to do with those characters? Or sometimes it's situational, like with homecoming King, like I, I didn't use this at all in the book, but I had this scene of this woman at this pool in a polka dot bikini, like putting her towel down and getting all set. And this football player walking up and seeing her and being like, who is this? And then she turns around and it's this woman that, you know, he has this history with and that's how the, that is how that book kind of took shape. That, that scene is not in there at all. And, uh, but that's kind of how the idea came. It just, yeah. like, it was just, it was just a scenario that I saw in my head. So that's usually how my ideas come to me. I don't think I've ever used an idea someone else gave me. You know, no, me either. Don't you hate that? <laughs> uh, no, but, a lot of times people will say, I have an idea mm-hmm. and you can use it for this book. And I just say, you just go right ahead and write you that book. That book sister. <laughs> That's all yours. Um, yeah. yeah. So those are, those are the ways that I do it. So yeah. what's your process for developing that idea? Like once you have it and you're like, okay, this is the story I'm going to write. How do you like take that little idea and, or 
news story or whatever and make it into a novel? Well, since minor mystery, I have to have, I usually have to have the mystery element Mm -hmm. and I figure out, you know, who's going to die, who the suspects are. And so I kind of, I flesh all that out, Mm -hmm. but this most recent book that I'm working on, I've got the characters first Mm -hmm. and it's completely different for me. It's I've got the characters and I know who they are. Mm -hmm. And as I'm writing it, I'm getting to know them better. Right. And I don't quite have the mystery yet. So it's completely different. And I think that happens over, like if you have a long writing career, you mm-hmm. don't always do it the same way every time. And right, I think that's why right. it's hard for us because, you know, what worked with book five may not have been the same thing that worked with book three. You know, it's just. Mm-hmm. I don't think little, I've ever written any of mine the same. Yeah. That could be my problem. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it's all, so, it's all a different process. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you do? Uh, well, because I write romance, I usually want, I usually know the trope. Like if mm-hmm. I get a scenario in my head, I'm like, okay, that's this trope. Or how can I make these two people, how can I take them and put them in this trope? Um, I, I do try to write pretty trope centric. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because I just, it's easier, frankly, it's easier to advertise. It's easier to write. If it is, if I know the trope up front, the books that I've struggled a lot with are the ones that I haven't been real sure about what the trope was, or if I've had too many tropes, which has happened to me before. Um, then I usually, uh, I use a critique group, um, not a critique group, I'm sorry. I have used a critique group in, a, in the past, but I use a brainstorming group. Uh, we meet mm-hmm. once a month and... You know, I just sort of say, okay, this is my idea. This is what I'm thinking. And then they usually say, no, that's terrible. That's not going to work. <laughs> and so then we brainstorm. And I love those sessions. I love that it usually takes us three hours. But I love that time because, you know, you can throw out an idea and it's not a good idea. But then that just triggers another idea from somebody else mm-hmm. and somebody else. And then by the time you're done, you're like, oh, okay, this is like you've given me ideas, things I can work off of and scenes that I can put in. Um, and so that's good. Also, I have been the last couple of books using Romancing the Beats. Mm-hmm. And so she, uh, Gwen Hayes, she really has, you know, for a romance, what the beats that need to happen. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's usually how I take that idea and yeah. spread it over. A 70, 80,000 word novel. Your brainstorming group, are they people that are all writing in your same genre? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. They're all romance authors. And uh, two of us write kind of funny romance. Mm -hmm. Uh, Actually, three. Three of us write funny romance. Um, One writes darker, more angsty, not darker, just more angsty romance. One writes really straight contemporary. Mm -hmm. And the other, she writes a little bit of everything. She writes some paranormal. She Mm -hmm. writes some funny, uh, kind of some funny paranormal. And she's doing some shifter stuff. So, um, and I think she's done some erotica in the past. So, but we, so we all understand like romance we understand Mm -hmm. what romance readers want and so when we're brainstorming we're brainstorming to those needs to those readers basically Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, I think that's really important because if you ask Mm -hmm. like if you ask me Mm -hmm. I might give you an idea that might work but it might not right because that's not like my 
my wheelhouse, you know, right. but you and Danielle have helped me. I mean, I've yeah. had, I've yeah, had you guys... stories, problems and in talking to the two of you and neither of you write romance, you've mm-hmm. really, you have helped me. So for me personally, talking it mm-hmm. out because I'm very auditory mm-hmm. um, and I'm very extroverted. Uh, that really does help yeah. me to get that story out of my head and onto the page. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it doesn't have to be somebody in your Mm-mm. genre because y'all have helped me too with things mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I'll get stuck on something or you'll give me like some little tiny character detail that I'm like, Oh, that's so good. I can right. work that in, you know? Right. So it doesn't have to be, but I think if you're doing the big, like if you're going from an idea to a plot, mm-hmm. that's when it's helpful to have people who really know what you need, mm-hmm. because otherwise you can be off in some tangent yeah. that doesn't fit what your readers right. are going to want. And if, For me, I want somebody, I don't, I mean, when they say it's a terrible idea, they're not trying to change my story though. They're, I don't want somebody that's going to say, you know, if I come in with an idea, no, let's do it this way. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, that Mm -hmm. doesn't help me. Um, So it's better if, because I want it, I want them to be my ideas. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just need them to help me kind of flesh them out. Yeah. Okay, so next up, we wanted to talk about how much of the story do you know when you start writing? Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> <laughs> is that a trick question? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it depends. You know, some books I know more than, mm-hmm. the, than others. Um, I think you have a unique challenge because your books are different characters every time. Yes, yes. It is. Well, yes. But on the other hand, you have to be really fresh and keep your characters in new situations. So, yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's tricky. But um, usually I know the beginning, the middle and the end. Mm -hmm. And and if I know those things, I can write to, you know, to the point. Yeah. I have two books now that I've written. I've written the first 20,000 words because I usually. I'm really pretty good at beginnings and I'm really mm-hmm. pretty good at endings. Um, but it's that middle part, you know, that I really struggle a bit with. And, but twice now I've known from the midpoint to the end, how the book. Goes. So I've stopped at 20,000 words, skipped to the middle, written from 20,000 words to the end, and then gone back and filled in, mm-hmm. which has been a little bit easier for that middle kind of soggy middle part. Yeah. Because I already know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am a discovery writer, so I don't really know what happens until, well, until I write the book. I mean, mm-hmm. as I'm in there and I've told the story a million times, you know, Rachel, is it Rachel Aaron that mm-hmm. did, uh, you know? Yeah, I uh, think so. Yeah. The 2K, 2K to, to 10K. Yeah. yeah. Um, she talks about, you know, writing a little synopsis mm-hmm. handwriting it before you start. And I, that's a great idea. And so I did it, spent 30 it's on it wrote the first sentence and went oh now I know what happens and it was nothing <laughs> that was on that paper and so right um but for me if I know like if I know the beginning the middle and the end I can usually that's usually Get there enough. and then I usually have some scenes some funny scenes that I think oh that would be funny I'll put mm-hmm. that in they don't mm-hmm. all make it into the book um like rock star 
there was a scene that I really wanted in the barn. You know, she, it's a naked trip to the barn where she's got a trench coat on. I really wanted that scene in the barn, in the book, but it just, there was no place for it. So that was, that's my freebie at the end of the yeah. book. I, I wrote that scene because I really wanted it. And, um, but that's what I give away now. So yeah. that's, that's me. How about you? Um, well, I like, I have to know the mystery. I usually know like who's going to get killed, who the suspects right. are going to be. Right. And then because it's a mystery, I want to know how all those people are connected right. to the person who dies. So mm-hmm. that you, and then that way you're, I'm figuring out motives. Mm-hmm. And then I have to figure out how my sleuth is connected to all those people. Cause she's got to have a way to talk to them. Right. So if I can figure that stuff out before that helps me, it makes it easier and there's less rewriting. So I usually know all that. And I, and I, I will know like, this is going to happen in the first half. This is going to happen in the middle. This is going to happen at the end. And sometimes the end is a little fuzzy and like, I'm not quite sure. And it, each thing gets, is kind of fuzzy, but as right. I get closer to it, it begins to clear up. You know what right. I mean? Like that mm-hmm. quote about you can writing a book is like driving at night. You know, you can only see as far as your headlights show right. you, but it, you right. can make it the whole way. Right. So that, and I'm very linear, linear. Yeah. So I'll start at the beginning and usually just, right straight through because that's how my brain works. But, um, but like, I don't do a super detailed outline. I don't do, you know, one of those 30,000 word outlines because that's too much for me. I can't. Right. And I've too. And I'm done after that. Like if I were to do that, I'd be done. Yeah. And I've discovered that as I'm writing, I do get to know the characters much better. Yes. Then, and I used to, with my first couple of books, I had to do these long character profiles where I wrote out, you know, stuff about their childhood and their parents. Mm-hmm. And then when I actually got into writing the book, the characters turned out different. And I was right. like, why am I wasting my time doing that? So now I just do little sketches. I kind of have just some general stuff about them. If that, sometimes I'll just have a name and then I just go from there. And then as I'm writing, these things happen and they turn into somebody that I was like, Oh, that's cool. I had no idea. And I don't know where that comes from, Right, right. but um well, yeah. I mean, that's just creativity. And, 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 you know, people who have these long outlines, I love them because it gives them a path and a map yeah. to follow. And mm-hmm. that's great for them. We're just all different. And I yeah. think if nothing else um, that this should tell you, what, what tools do you use tools to help you like with that, you know, kind um, of the roadmaps and road well, I do like, I've, I've done it a whole bunch of different ways. I've used note cards. I've used like a big sheet of paper to do a mind map. I'm doing a thing with uh, Ryan from Plotter. I'm creating a kind of a, a template for a cozy. It has like the major points you need to hit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I do, I do things like that, but it seems to change. With each book. Yes, it does for me. And certain things work better for certain books. Mm -hmm. And um, I've used online stuff. I've used Trello Mm -hmm. to like organize my thoughts because it's very visual, kind of like a Pinterest type thing where you can put images in there. So, yeah, I just I'm kind of all over the map with. Yeah. With that. Like I said, I've used Romancing the Beats the last couple of books. And I usually like sometimes even after I've written the book, after I've written the first draft, I'll use Romancing the Beats to go in and just make sure I have hit those points. Um, but I also use like um, a poster board with sticky notes on it. Mm-hmm. And so pinks, her, blues, him. And, mm-hmm. and, and 
that way I kind of can help myself. I don't follow all of those things, but I do follow a lot of them. Once I get them on that sticky note, but Mm -hmm. later in the process, it's not when I first start. That's, Mm -hmm. I mean, I have to really get to know them Mm -hmm. better. That's probably why it takes me so daggum long to write a book. Yeah. yeah, I so, keep notes like at the like yeah. if I finish a scene, yeah. I keep a little note. Like sometimes it's just at the bottom of my document, like whatever that I wrote that day at the bottom, it'll say like these cryptic things. They'll have like three or four things that's like yeah. restaurant finds letter, you know, yeah. all these things yeah. that nobody would understand. But for me, it's like, oh, yeah. So the next thing that's going to happen is these three things or yes. whatever, yeah. or go back and fix mm-hmm. later on, you know, that this guy's name is really. Larry, not John or something like that. <laughs> I know. Well, and like I, my desk is covered in sticky notes with little notes. Like that. Yeah. Like right now I have a note that says, add that he doesn't like sugar <laughs> or add that he, do- he won't eat sugar earlier in the book. I sent it to my editor and after I sent it, I was like, ah, I meant to go back and add that. So now I have to go in and add that because it's a point later mm-hmm. in the book and um, she'll probably catch it. But um yeah, I mean, it's just things like that. Or Sienna was eight. That's what it says. Sienna was eight. When, eight for what, Jamie? But I knew I knew what it was. But there are times that I look at it and go, I, mm-hmm. I, I have no idea what this is. Did somebody yeah. else write this? I, was it wasn't me. I don't know. So. Obviously, it wasn't important. Yeah, not important. <laughs> not anymore. Not so, well, is there anything that you wish you'd known about uh, developing story ideas? So much. <laughs> Sit back, kids. We're going to talk for a while. Um, you know, I had great teachers. You know, Carla Rossi and Stacy Purcell, they were great teachers for me. Uh, they were my RWA buddies. They were my critique buddies and, uh, and, and many more. But they really taught me story. They taught me how to craft a story like I can tell a story but they taught me how to craft and write a story and I really have to give them lots and lots of props for that Um, but what I didn't know is that a story can change and it's okay if it changes Um, it's okay to walk away from a story if it's not working and and it's not going to work, you know, or if it, it, how do I say this? Because sometimes you just need to stick it out. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes you just need to stick out the hard thing. And I tend to, you know, I tend to, when it gets hard, I tend to start to want, I want to start changing things (laughs) to make it easier. But sometimes you have, sometimes you have to scrap 50,000 words. Yeah. Start over because you just have missed the mark. Um, I wish I had known that just because this book is hard to write doesn't mean it's a bad book. It just means it was hard to write. And I wish I had known that readers do not, they cannot tell a book that was hard to write from a book that was easy to write. Yeah. And, and I think if I had known those things earlier, I might not have panicked so bad. (laughs) Um, in the beginning and stuff. I mean, this book, I just finished. It took me forever, but there were, I feel like there were a lot of extenuating circumstances. <laughs> it wasn't the panicking the Oh gosh, I have to scrap this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, there were just other things and, and I write slow y'all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just how it is. So, uh, but I do wish I had known those things. And, and for any of our listeners who think, Oh, 
this book is so hard. It means it's crap or whatever. That's not what it means. It means yeah. it's a hard book to write. And some books are just harder than others. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes one time I finished a book and I thought, man, I feel like I have just wrestled a bear. Mm -hmm. It's just been mm -hmm. so hard. Right. But, you know, right. some of them are just that way. I don't know so, that I've ever had a book that's been like a dream to write. No, no it's I don't like think been I so easy. <laughs> I don't think I have either. Well, and because I think because I made it harder than it needed to be. Yeah. Because I did panic, you know, and if I had known like, just relax, it's going to mm -hmm. work, you know, it's going to work out. You're going to figure it out. Um, then it would have been easier to write, but um, Heartbreaker was the fourth book in the Bride series. That book was probably the easiest book I've, I've written. Um, probably because I knew the characters really well before, I mean, you know, mm -hmm. they had been in multi subsequent books and stuff. Um, but even that book, I struggled, you know, things got hard and I'm like, how do I get myself out of this? Yeah. Or, or how do I write through this and get the, you know, have these characters grow even more. And mm -hmm. I think that that's important too. You, you really want to take a story and, you know, when you first get the idea, it's, kind of this little embryo of a thing and you want to grow it into a, a big living thing. And that mm -hmm. takes work and it takes time for some people and it takes uh, some sleepless nights, you know? <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. How about yeah. You? I think I wish I'd known that, that it's okay if each one is different, yep. that I don't have to do it the same way each time and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I wish that I had known that it's for me, a lot of it is organic mm -hmm. and I can have a plan and have, you know, like those character sheets and the things that I did. Yeah. I had to learn that that was not how I did it, that I don't have to do it, you know, according to this plan that I can just do it my own way. And if it's, right. you know, different every time, that's okay. Right. So, yeah, I think that, um, there's still so much I wish I knew about yep. developing a story, but I think a lot of it is very, um, for me, it's very instinctive and I'll be writing and I'll think, Oh, at this point, I'll just know that I need something else. Like I'll, I need a different, I need to really show the motivation or I really need to show the emotion, but it's all very instinctive. And I have to be in the story, writing the story and be at that point before I figure that out. So if I try and figure it all out before I can't do it, but yep. I can do it as That's I'm going true. along. Yeah, me too. So, and it took me a while to figure that out because I had this idea that I would do like these, you know, doing a huge out, very detailed outline. And I do better if I have more, a more general outline. Yeah. So, yeah. I, and I, I think I wish I had known that, um, that readers for the most part, depends on your genre, mm -hmm. but in romance, readers care more about the characters than the plot. Mm -hmm. And sometimes yes. I've gotten hung up on the fact that this plot is terrible. Like this, this doesn't make sense. This is terrible. And you want it to make sense. I mean, I'm not saying mm -hmm. just throw something up there, but, but if you can make people feel something, then they will forgive you some plot holes. Um, mm -hmm. If you know, if you don't always get it and if you can end a book, well, like yeah. where a reader really gets that, that pay you pay off the things you've set up in the beginning, they will forgive you some things that 
they may or may not have loved about the plot because they they want that emotional payoff at the end Mm -hmm. and so you know i mean a thriller even a mystery but you know some books you you really do need more of a plot i mean you need to make sure that that plot doesn't have holes that that plot really carries the story but for what i write um characters really really carry the story yeah i i agree even in mystery where the plot is very important Mm-hmm. the the books that I want to read are because the characters are so compelling, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I think that carries across the board. Yeah. 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 Good. Okay. Well then what about developing a series? So do you, does it grow out of a single idea because you have a series, our series are very different, yeah. but like, tell me about the, on the, the brides on the run series. Did okay. that, how did that come about? Oh no, I wrote one book and thought this is all I'm going to write. I actually put, like I had written half the book and went back and changed Gavin's manager to a young 30 something good looking guy because I thought, well, maybe I could do two books, you know, I could do. <laughs> and then of course, Scarlett had her best friend Luann. And so those Luann and Jack are in the second book, but I didn't really plan out a series. I just was like, Okay, you it's know, it's going well, so let's keep going. Yeah, well, it, because my my critique partners at the time, Carla and Stacy, they were like, you know, Luann should be a runaway bride, and I was like, yes, she should. But if you think about it, Scarlett's kind of a runaway bride too, and we we all three looked <gasps> at each other and went, a runaway bride series. But that yeah. was about as far as it went. I mean, <laughs> but sometimes that's all you need, yeah. just a little germ of an idea, yeah. and then you can build it out. And thankfully, I had set it in a town that people loved. That the town really is as much character as you know any of the other characters. And I had as I had a honey, a character that could carry through all mm-hmm. the books, you know, yeah. and be really consistent. And um, so that's how that one came about. It just happens to be set in a town where nobody gets married right away. I mean, there's always something that happens. Um, the second series, I really said I was planning it out better, but as I've gotten deeper into the series, I'm like, I don't know that I planned it out as well as I should have. Like my friend, Susanna Nix, who is in my, um, um, brainstorming, brainstorming group. Thank you. Um, (laughs) she, it just put out the first book in a new series that she's set in this small town. She, I think there's six. She has basically plotted. I mean, you know, as much as she's not a huge, huge plotter either, but like she knows the tropes, she knows the characters, she knows, you know, she knows how they all interconnect. She knew all of that before she wrote the first book. And I'm just like, I'm in awe of you. (laughs) And uh, so that kids is how you do it. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, you can still do it the other way too. Just kind of depends on how your brain works and stuff. And there's very little you can't fix. I mean, that's just the thing. There is just very little you can't fix. Even if you put it out and it's not working and it's not what it's supposed to be, you can take it down and fix it and put it up, rename mm-hmm. it, be sure and tell people you've put it up before and, and try to, you know, if it's worth that to you, you can do it. Yeah. But how about you? How do you do a series? Well, 
I, I, this is why I wrote the series book because I had no plan with my first yeah. series. Yeah. Love, let's, <laughs> let's recap real quick. Sarah, who wrote a series book, just asked me how I did a series. Okay. I think she set me up. <laughs> <laughs> Not intentionally. <laughs> but the reason I did that was because I had no idea when I started my first series, I just knew it would be a series because it was a cozy mystery and they're always in series. Duh. Of course it's a series. Yeah. So I had ideas for the mysteries in the books, right. but not for like an overarching right. story arc for the series. So I just kind of went on a wing and a prayer with that and it worked out. But as I've gone along, I think, I think I've gotten better at creating like planning a series. Cause this historical that I've, put out the 1920s one, I really thought about it. I was like, how can I make this um, more episodic? Right. And for me, that was the key. It was like, I, I, I knew I wanted an episodic series, which is different mm-hmm. from maybe a series where you have a huge character arc and the character changes. I need mine was going to be more episodic and my character right. would change some, mm-hmm. but it, she wouldn't have like a definite endpoint. And right. the story could go on. And that series, I did think about what I wanted her to do. And I was like, okay, I'm going to have these first three books kind of be about her figuring out she's a detective uh-huh. and she's good at this. The next three will be kind of like her getting her team around her, getting her feet, you know, getting known. And then the next three will be people will be coming to her, you know, right. like, like strangers will be coming to her. And so it's more like a, a very subtle, like entrepreneurial arc. Mm-hmm. So I planned those out and I planned out the mysteries. And part of that was just because I was reading right. books set in the 1920s and historical stuff. And I was like, Oh, I could write about a book about this. And this mm-hmm. is interesting. That could, that setting that, you know, I read about the crazy parties they used to throw in the 1920s. Yes. Yeah. And so one of the books kind of is all about these crazy parties. So I had a, like different concepts and an arc for my character. So I feel like that's, the most I've ever planned it out. Right. And I feel like I feel comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. This new series, I haven't done that and I've tried to do it. And the most I can get in my head is like three books. So maybe this is just going to be a trilogy. Mm-hmm. We will see. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so yet again, it doesn't always, no. you can't do the same thing every time. No, you can't. So. You can't. So the next question is how detailed are your series ideas? Okay. So, I guess this could be taken one of two ways. Like do like how detailed do you get in the series or how detailed do you get for each book? Right. And for me, for like, I like that was kind of my plan for that. My most recent series, but the book ideas, mm-hmm. um, I literally just had one line. Like mm-hmm. the first one was country house mystery. And then a couple of details about that. And then I had the idea of um, the parties Mm-hmm. Um, and that was all I'd put, but in my mind, I had the background, so I didn't need to do mm-hmm. a super detailed, um, like explanation of what those yeah. were. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't really have very clearly, uh, very, um, well thought out detailed ideas about the series. However, with the series I'm writing, I do have, you know, I knew like it was homecoming King, then duking it out, then Queen of Hearts and Joker's Wild. So like small town royalty, I thought that was genius. I am coming to think that maybe that is not, I mean, it may be genius, but it's not uh, 
it may be too too obscure for readers to really put that all together. Um, uh-huh. I have not I have not put a series name on Homecoming King yet because it was just one book, mm-hmm. uh, but. I may change it to just the Ryder Texas series and be done with it because even though I think small town royalty is genius, um, people could be disappointed when they're not actual royalty. Um, (laughs) Yeah. That might bring up some, they might think that it's a transplanted British person. Absolutely. Like exiled to this small town. (laughs) I don't know. So, uh, but I do think that, um, I want to write a series where it's like all sisters or all Mm -hmm. brothers or four friends or four um, enemies. I mean, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. four coworkers, whatever. I think those series, especially, or four teammates, um, Mm -hmm. I think those do really well in um, romance. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of the, you know, really popular Megan Quinn, um, Amy Dawes, I mean, I could go on, yeah. um, Lisa score, Claire Kingsley, you know, they have brothers or they have, you know, they have friends set in a town or whatever. And I, I do think that those, um, those sorts of series do real well. And yeah. sometimes that's easier because you have, like, if it's a family, you have kind of shared interest. Mm-hmm. You would have an, you can have, arching arc for the entire family and um but you know i think that those are those are tricky to write too i think you've got to get it right yeah so there might be something to be said for the simplicity mm-hmm. of um having like something that's easily recognizable yes. like yeah. the sisters the brothers yes. the co-workers yep. 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 versus royalty which i love i love small town royalty i do and too it, and it but it may be that you may meet you may need three or four books for it to be recognizable, you know? Yeah. For people I mean, to be like, Oh, that's the small town royalty series. Yeah. 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 Um. <laughs> <laughs> or, in the, or not, you know, I don't know. So I'm still, I'm kind of talking with some people to see what they think, but um, yeah. yeah, right now. And I don't really even have to worry about it right now. You know, honestly, yeah. I could put the next book out, and not even have a series title. Right. Uh, I probably will, uh, but just because I think that helps, you know, on Amazon and stuff for searchability. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah I think naming think a series and that brings up another idea. Do you do you link all your books together, or do you not link all your books together? Yeah. See, the, that's a question the, for that's a question you, you debate, debate, right? Mm-hmm. But for me, I think the answer is I always link them. Yes. I think it's genre. Do you think it's genre specific? Yeah. I think for mystery think readers. So. Yeah. I think so. I think so. Um, at Romance Author Mastermind, um, one of the uh, PR people looked at my page and that, that was one of her suggestions was to not put book one, book two, book three. Um, I didn't do it because that really annoys me when I'm reading a book and I go in and book three and there are two others before that I could have easily read before yeah. that one. So I don't know. That's tricky. I, that's a good question. I think maybe for our listeners, because mm-hmm. um, do you link your series and um, or don't you and why not? Yeah. I think that's a great question. Yeah. I've always linked my books in my series because mm-hmm. Mr. Readers 
seem to prefer starting with book one and reading through. Although I've had people say, you know, they run book bubs on book seven or 10 or 14 and do fine. Mm -hmm. But I feel like most mystery readers want to start at the beginning. So I do never mind. So, yeah. I have one more question um, that we didn't write down, but it just came to me. How do you pick the best ideas? Oh, that's, that's hard to quantify because sometimes (laughs) you'll think you have the best idea. Exactly. And then you can spend a while writing it and then go, Oh, that was not the best idea. But I feel like, like the, the first indie series I did that on the run series, Mm -hmm. I love that personally, but as far as marketability, that was not the best series right? right. because it didn't really fit anywhere specifically Um, too much romance for mystery, not enough romance for romance, you know? So it was, you know, one of those that's kind of like an odd duck, Yeah. but I enjoyed writing it. And it was like one, it was something that I wanted to do. So I don't regret doing it, Mm -mm. but um, that probably would have been smarter to have given that a pass, you know, and put that on the back burner, maybe later, maybe one of my passion projects later. Mm -hmm. But um, for me, I tend to think like, I think part of it too is like, is this a short story? Is this a novella? Is this a Mm-hmm. novel and I tend to think I read novels I tend to think in novel length yeah me too uh I get ideas it's like right. I, I have a hard time writing short so yeah. almost everything I come up with I know it's either gonna be a novel or it's going on the back burner right <laughs> because right. I, I can't write it as a short story right so yeah I mean, because I, I've had some stories like I have an idea I mean you know I have several ideas but I have ideas but they just, it's like I can't see my way to the end of it. Not that I know what's going to happen at the end of this <laughs> series, but, but I see how they, can all, how they can all come together and fit together. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I can't do that with an idea, um, of, if I'm doing a series, then I won't do it until I can see it all together. With just a book idea, I will start a book when I can't see the end. <laughs> <laughs> I am not afraid. <laughs> Fearless. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. Fearless, stupid. It all it all kind of intermingles somewhere together. Yeah. But, but you yeah, do get to the end. You yeah, do get to the I end. I do get to the end. And uh, but I think there's there are easier ways to do it than the way I do it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, so, you know, we've had a lot of people on our show and they're they have great ways of doing and run and developing their story ideas. And mm-hmm. you should go back and listen to all those episodes, but um, <laughs> this is how we do it. So, yeah, I don't, I think for me, I don't, um, most of my ideas, I do see them through there. There are some that I've, the ones that stick with me are the ones that I work on. Yeah. And I feel like the ones that are, um, I guess you'd say richer, like they have more elements, more themes. Those are the things that I'm, that I feel like work better in the long run. Um, so sometimes I'll think this is a great idea, but there's not enough there for there's me. Not enough meat on the bone. Yet yeah. To, yeah. 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 That's a yeah. tough phrase right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about you? So do you um, have any other way that you sort them out? No, I think that's it. I, I think that, you know, I am overly ambitious. And so I think, oh, this is a great idea. I can do this. And then of course, you know, I've said this before, I have these 
great high concept ideas and they go, oh crap, I don't have a story. But, <laughs> um, but that's not true because there is a story there. You just have to find it. You yeah. Know, you have to find it and you got to yeah. be committed to it. You got to be, yeah. you got to be committed and not bail when it mm-hmm. gets hard, which I have done before. And it's caused me a lot of headache when I've done that. Really it's, yeah. I think it's easier to just push through. It's not yeah. easy, but in the long run, but then you're done and you get it done. done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have a book. Yeah. 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 So yeah. anything else we want to talk about for, I don't think so. I think, th- I think we've um, r- rode this horse till, it's, uh, <laughs> till we're done, done. <laughs> till we're done, till it's done. Uh, but yeah, so I, I am interested though um, to uh, ask our listeners, do you link your series? Cause I, I just think that's a good question. Yeah. I'd, I'd be interested to know, but if, yeah. anything else you can think that, we want no, to know. I think that's a good question. Yeah. I think that's yeah. good. And then um, I also wanted to mention that uh, for the plotter uh, mm-hmm. template that I'm doing uh, with Ryan, mm-hmm. we're going to be doing a Facebook live event for them. Oh, and I don't yeah. have the date yet. I'll put it in the group. So mm-hmm. I think it's coming up um, next week. So I'll put the uh, link. Once I have a link, I'll put it in the group. Okay. So cool. yeah, we'd love to hear kind of what you how you handle your series um, and your ideas even. Yeah. You know, if you get an idea, do you, do you sit on it for a while until you have the whole thing thought out or do you jump right in with the idea? (laughs) You can answer either of those questions. Yeah. So that'll be in the, in the Facebook group. And if you're not in there, we can just answer the questions and join and let us know what you think. Yeah. Yeah. And thanks for listening this week. It's been really fun. Yeah. So we'll have all the show notes at wish I'd known then for writers.com. And thanks to Alexa Larberg for editing and producing the podcast. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the wish I'd known then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.